0: Yes, so, anyone, please. Yeah, you okay. um,
1: well, I have two questions. Okay, One, actually, you spoke about in the talk yesterday night, uh-huh. but it was very brief, and I was just wondering whether you could say a little bit more on that. I had been wondering about seeing the divine in different forms or shapes, mm-hmm. and, you know, seeing Tara in an apple tree is somehow easier than seeing her in a... As you also say, the piece of plastic yeah. or rubbish bin or so. And I understand that in the end, I could possibly see the divine in all forms, all shapes. Still, my mind somehow makes distinctions, and I think it, it makes a difference whether I meditate on Tara or on Mickey Mouse or whatever. <laughs> 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 <And I>
2: say,
0: <laughs> it might make a difference, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. What is it in the forms that makes them more, you know, transmitting or conveying more people? Y- yeah, yeah. The, the Mickey Mouse one is the next retreat. It's, <laughs> the, <laughs> it's the more advanced level. So <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, no, this is really good. So, um, depends. You're going to get different answers from different people, okay? And this is one of those areas where... Um, mm. I can say I I, I have a sort of, whatever you might call philosophical leaning or whatever, but you're going to hear very different things. So on one extreme you'll hear, it kind of gives a realism to these deity figures. Tara is this, and she really has these particular qualities, and even she looks like this, um, and where, as I think I said in one talk, uh, it's like what's really happening there is these things exist in an imaginal realm, which has some kind of objective existence, but which has been dismissed from Western uh, cu- culture for, for centuries. Um, but actually, it does exist in, in this realm. And what you're doing is then, if your perception is pure, so to speak, <coughs> you, you resonate with or you perceive those qualities, and they have power. They have a divine power. Yeah? So that's one kind of version. I, to me, there's a lot of beauty in that. I find that I can't, um, like I, I think I said at some point, it's like I find it hard now where I am in my whole practice and everything to, to take any kind of realist metaphysics seriously, whether it's a materialist one or some other kind of thing. So my tendency is more to say, well... we'll Your perception, your way of looking, your mind is, in a way, creating that divine with certain um, characteristics, and and that's what comes through. Now, for for different reasons, because of uh, the cultural association with Mickey Mouse, it's harder. It's harder to do that, you know. Um, but then there's also so there's two different extremes, and then there's also <coughs> a bridge, you know, in between these two, which I think I might mention at some point is that actually that If the roots of your mind, your consciousness, your chitta, your soul, imagination are divine, then what comes out of you, of your creativity of perception, is also divine. So there's not a it exists over there separate from me, or it's just my any old perception. There's there's a do you see what the bridge is? It's it's. It's saying, in a way, the imaginal realm is not separate from your mind. The roots of the imaginal realm and the roots of your mind have the same roots in in the depths of the divine. So that your mind and the fabrications of your mind can also be divine. And you say, well, it somehow seems more or less divine at different times. Maybe that's true. Maybe it has to do with... Um, Partly, what's present in the chitta at a certain time—if you like the, the purity or the devotion or whatever, as we've talked about, the openness of heart—and um, p- and partly, it's what your mind colors, you know, like that creatively. Yeah. So, do you see how that might bridge those two? Does this make any you can sense at all? Understand, isn't there anything, I don't know, in the shapes or in the tunes of certain music? Poetry, yeah how they more. well they do but um but but this is also if you know about art theory and literary theory as, as well the m- most people would not nowadays or for quite a while now the, the idea that it, it inherently resides in the art you know so one of the big chunks we edited out of the talk on art of perception was about the dependent arising of art you know, so my my reaction or my being moved by, by art is something in the work, something in me at that moment. Beethoven's Ninth Symphony moves me to tears one day, and the other day it's like, <sighs> <laughs> uh, you know. Um, so there's something in in the present, but there's also something in the culture there 's something about Beethoven and the image and what he might have said about it and what someone else might have said and some other authority in the general culture, and all this feeds in to give a dependent arising of of what arises to say there 's nothing in the art would, in, in the art object would also be to me that 's too extreme you know that so what, is it? <laughs> <laughs> what is it that gives that yeah. You know, you, 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 I find myself being able to give many answers, and and I, I, I. Why, why are you asking? Like, what's, what's, what's with the question? Like. It's just why don't I see it in certain
1: things?
2: Yeah. Certain
0: okay. So. Um, Seeing Tara in a piece of litter, okay, it is possible, it's just a matter of practice, actually. So I, I was practicing this, and it was harder for me with plane sounds overhead, the plain sounds, not because they were particularly ugly sounds, I just, I couldn't help thinking about the carbon dioxide. <laughs> and, and it was like, you know, ah, and, and it would, so everything else was beautiful, uh, you know, this particular divinity, this particular character of a divinity, and it wasn't stretching to that. But, but then I would just experiment, it's like, oh, and then is it dependent on pleasant or unpleasant? So, you know, if it was a bit, oh, walking outside, if it was too cold, uh, then it's it's harder to, you know. But this is all, that's all just practice, you know. Um, and then you can play with this. So what is it, you, you, you have that sense, you're meditating, in this case, on Tara, then you open your eyes and look around you in your room or wherever you are. And again, at first you might notice, well, it's easier with this beautiful artifact or whatever. And then I look at the... Uh, Plastic, some, something or other, and it's and it's hard but but really in in time uh, with with practice it can it can go everywhere. Yeah. Um, but is that related to what you're asking, or that's not quite what you're asking? Yeah,
3: I don't
0: want to take too so much time.
3: It's okay. I just think there is a difference between
0: different options. Yeah, well, there is, and I wouldn't I wouldn't deny that. Um, I yeah absolutely there is and it also applies ethically people have been writing notes how, how can you say everything's perfect when there's terrorism so yeah of, of course of course all i would say is is that um with with practice that ability to see different kinds of divinity spreads the um now that doesn't mean that um you know, as some as Andy asked, said, we don't care about climate change, or we don't do everything we can to address t- terrorism, including the effects of what we do to to feed that terrorism, inadvertently. Or, um, but but there's still there's different kinds of divinity that can be uh, still perceived there with with practice. Um, but yeah, they're, they're they're different. You know, what it is, I am not sure I could say. I mean, you could say, with um, no, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, or, or rather, I'd, I'd hesitate to say. Uh, I'd I'd, he- I'd hesitate to say. Yeah. You had another question.
1: Second question um, is about the meditation this afternoon, yeah. which I found really beautiful, mm. and especially this um, breathing with the beloved. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lovely.
3: And then you mentioned the possibility that it could become sexual. Yeah. And um, I just noticed at some point, okay, now that's just sensual pleasure. Yeah. Just indulging. Yeah. Although I
1: tried to somehow keep it for a you know, some kind of yogi I don't know. I'm not <laughs> 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 But uh, 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 then I backed off because yeah. I felt this is not
0: yeah. what I want. I yeah. Think. Okay. So then the question is like, again, it's like what makes what makes something imaginal is a sense of sacredness in it. It's, it's like that's, to me, that's just part of how I'm defining how we're defining imaginal. It's like it has some sense of divinity. But partly what I want to say about that is A, that the divinity is not separate from the sensuality. That doesn't mean necessarily sexuality, but it's in, especially with so concerts. So it's wrapped up in. It's not something separate from the appearance or the sensuality or the sensual connection with that. That's one thing. Second thing about the divinity is it can have an enormous range. So again, I think I think we said in the talk. It's like you tend to think, oh well, only if sexuality is like this kind. You, you know, maybe it's, I don't know, all about merging in in kind of white, you know, lovey dovey erotic. You know, great. But there's other kinds of sexuality and, and one can discover the, divin- the different kind, different style of divinity in those kinds. Um, but, but if it feels like you're practicing in it and, and actually what's happening is a contraction or um, uh, you know something closing down or something shutting off from the divine, then leave it. If th- This is difficult, because this is a stretch for most people in this tradition. This is a stretch, because we tend to just ignore sexuality, or just n- notice it, breathe. <laughs> 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 you know, it's like, um, it's not really included much. Um, uh, and and again, what, what we're interested in doing, one way of summing up what, 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 how we can see this retreat, this retreat being in the context of expanding the sense of the sacred, why is it only here and not here? Why is that included and not there? And that includes and this has come up in you know the Q and A's before, that includes things that traditional Buddhism would call kilesas, defilements, impurities, etc. Um in other kinds of Buddhism that's expanded to. Now you can you can just call it that and actually be just involved in greed and, and you know but, but, but this is why I go back to feel in, feel the energy body, feel what's happening in the soul resonance. If there's beauty there, if there's sacredness there, if there's mindfulness there, which means sensitivity to all this and all the emotions and the, and the body and the energy, um, you can trust it. If it feels like it's, uh, I was talking with someone this morning, what was it? Jesus said, by their fruits you shall know them by the fruits, and the fruits you can actually feel in the moment, in, the, in these practices it's not like it's going to feel like really sacred and, uh, and then you get up from the meditation you turn into an ogre you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not going to work that way, you can trust it in, in the moment yeah, now I know because, be, because um, sexuality is we get confused messages in the bigger culture, in the Dharma culture, it tends not to be so included so much, not so integrated, there's all kinds of histories we have personally with that, you know, um, it can be loaded for people to even think about allowing themselves to approach, so you don't have to push anything, Um, but, but I would, if, if and when you feel a little bit ready, you know, you, you might see. Um, Is that, yeah? Um, I could say much more, but m- maybe that's that's good. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, Julia.
3: Yeah. Um, I'm a little confused about this cos the yeah. aspect. Yeah. Um, so this afternoon, I've had some really uh, blissful experiences in the garden. So almost ecstatic sort of sense of, the, of nature, <coughs> of me, and me
0: in me nature and this kind of thing nature um, being in you and you in nature. In me yeah.
3: and, me in nature <laughs> yeah. and kind of almost my just sort of um, my body coming apart and just becoming part of nature. And they're, they're very nice experiences. Mm. And I'm not sure what the is. I mean I've, there's just been a you know, sense of um, think a sense of prayer with it, mm-hmm. something sacred there, mm. but I'm, I don't understand the, the things that have been said about, I think when you say spilling it over and it becomes, yeah, and then the, sort of the actual enchanting, mm-hmm. the cosmos, I don't really understand. Okay,
0: that. yeah, thank you. So, um, so what, what do we mean when we say cosmophysis, basically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, <coughs> let's say this. Um that I can, if we just step back and say, and put it in in contrast to a few different things. So there's just imaginal work. Here's this imaginal figure, and I'm, um, with maybe even with my eyes shut, with my eyes open, I'm relating to that imaginal figure and different feelings and, and energies in relation. So that, that's just imaginal practice. And then sometimes what happens is um, I... Sometimes what happens is the, the actual key, actually connecting with what you could just said, the, the thing that makes the, the probably often makes the difference for an imaginal figure to, to, to then spill over into affecting the perception of the world. So, in other words, we, we move in our culture, um, you know, there's a certain accepted cosmology. It's just, this is what the world is, this is what matter is, this is where we are, sort of thing. And cosmopoesis means that through the creativity of the imaginal perception, that we can see the world differently. It's a different kind of cosmos. So, um, a world of light, or a world of fire, or a world of made of music, or, as Yuko was saying, it's like, somehow that tree is Tara, or Tara's energy is everywhere. Um... There's, there's many possibilities, but the world actually is. We're perceiving the world as, as, as I said, transubstantiated. It's a different um, kind of kind of uh, structure to the world and perception of it, and which involves sacredness and imagination and beauty and all of that. You look confused, though. Well, so
3: what was? What was happening this
0: afternoon yeah. It's different. Um, it may or may not be. I'd have to ask you more about it, because um, th- if I asked you, like, how did the world appear different to you then? How did the trees and the garden around you appear different to you then than it usually does? What was the difference? Well,
3: there was a sense of um, connection,
0: mm-hmm. Okay. Sort of no division. Yeah, beautiful. Okay. And that's 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 it that's how you sum it up like yeah. yeah great okay that's beautiful so then i would make a further distinction um which is uh so so what you're describing this sense of oneness with 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 nature etc and a kind of, that there's there's no division etc to me these there's and there's a whole variety of kinds of experiences you could have like that like mm-hmm. i could be materially one with nature we're all just one we're all one matter you know or i can be um Everything is awareness, including me, or everything is love, so it can have different kind of the substance of things. the substance of that oneness can be perceived differently at different yeah, so beautiful mystical experience you had um, and and there's a sort of within that camp of kind of oneness experiences, there are different flavors of oneness, and you can experience different ones, yeah, wonderful so wanting very much to encourage that but on this retreat putting a bit more emphasis on what's e- more unusual within different um within most spiritual cultures because most if you were here on a long retreat just an insight meditation retreat or a meta retreat I would expect that kind of experience to happen at some point it's a natural unfolding of the ways we usually tend to practice it's a natural opening up the very very common within these kind of spirit traditions and other ones What's less common is when a particular character imbues the whole of the cosmos. So, you, like Yuka was saying, T- Tara is not just love in the abstract. It's Tara's got a certain personality and a certain feeling, or this imaginal figure. And it's almost like everything becomes that imaginal figure. Uh, so, does, does that mean, at least theoretically. I mean, theoretically, yeah. no, I don't yeah.
3: think... I don't
0: think I've experienced it. No, it may not be. And the thing um, I'm partly postulating or or theorizing right now is that the thing that makes it go that way is uh, into this more individualized kind of cosmopoiesis that retains the character. Um, The thing is the erotic connection, I think. Uh, That's a theory I want to check, it's like that when there's an erotic connection with an imaginal figure, and I don't mean just sexual by erotic, I mean um, something that's really about this character and that character connecting, coming together without merging into into non-differentiation and oneness. So so there's a there's an attraction, like a magnetic attraction in eros, and it's alive and it's juicy and it's rich. So that's what I mean by eros, and, and sexual eroticism is a part of that. But w- is that the difference? Between. between. Is that what, when you, and Catherine, that the different person, and then the connection? The otherness, you mean? The otherness. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That, that's part of it. The otherness is also, that's part of it, and it's also like saying, um, <coughs> otherness also means, I'm not considering this imaginal figure as just a part of me, or it's my childhood memory, or it's just my childhood memory, or it's just my Compassion, or it's just my, my this or that, it's other than me. And, and again, it's like partly a way of defining imaginal. I would define imaginal as it's almost like when I feel into an image that's soul making, I'll notice that there are certain um, dimensions of that image uh, which, which are a sense of otherness. It's like the image has a sense of autonomy. Uh, and that's what makes it imaginal and it has a meaningfulness, all kinds of meaningfulness and it has beauty and it has sacredness but the beauty might not fit in a small box of my usual conception of beauty and it has a sense of other dimensionality and divinity to it and that's um, that sort of things things that we notice are in in an image when it's really alive for us yeah. and when there's the erotic connection there um, I'm wondering whether that's what allows th- that image when I stay with it, that when I then open my senses more to the world, that's when it spills over into the second kind of cosmopoiesis, I think. Because um, there's something very pati- retaining of the particulars, connecting, very intimate, very open, very fluid, but, but p- retaining of the particulars rather than merging into oneness, and losing my personhood and, and the and the personhood of the image. So it's retained there, and that and that spreads in a different way. So, fine, if you, it's not a big deal whether it happens or not, and we're just kind of saying, this is a possibility. And Catherine and I were talking last night, w- wondering if, if it was the erotic, the, um, the erotic dimension, that, that when that's present and alive, that that encourages that kind of cosmopasis.
3: And the erotic is this connection?
0: The erotic is the desire for connection, um but not so that it goes into a kind of merging loss of um loss of the particular of a personhood of self or the image um just talking about possibilities here none of this ha- has to happen so in a way the way we're talking on this retreat steers it a little bit more towards that and not so much the kind of experience you had in the garden but if those kind of experiences happen I say absolutely fantastic you know enjoy it it's so just wonderful and nourishing and healing in so many ways, you know, to t- to get those those senses of things. But we're a little bit steering it not so much towards that. So
3: that, so that experience can then lead into
0: this one. Um, it it might lead into it, but prob- probably what would happen in that experience is it would more stay in this undifferentiated oneness, yeah. because uh, rather than going and then from there into a particular. But you know. In a way, anything can happen, but I doubt it would move from that to the other other kind, just in terms of what you described. But, you know, absolutely brilliant, and you don't have to force anything. It's just that partly we're emphasizing a certain kind of direction because it doesn't get emphasized and because there's a kind of a whole avenue there that that isn't really often talked about.
3: So the images are still there with that oneness experience, but it is
0: different. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Yes. Hi. What's your name? Zazie. Zazie. Hi. <coughs> um, you might have sort of just answered my question. I'm not quite really sure. Mm. Um. But uh, so one way in which my experiences tend to differ a little bit from a lot of what you t- talk about, mm-hmm.
1: like it is within the range of what you talk about. Yeah. But it. For me, a lot of what's sort of soul-making tends to be much more um, sort of textural yeah. and fit much more you know, um, kinesthetic. Yeah, yeah, I
3: yeah. You really do talk about that. Yeah.
1: But then sometimes I've, I've sort of been wondering whether I've been getting the, the otherness aspect uh-huh. and sort of feeling like I could, because I feel that divinity of it and I feel... Mm. I think I get a sense of it, but it's not so much a sense of self and other. Uh-huh. I, it's it's almost like I've been trying to sort of drop in the, the self. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. A sort of yeah. And then it becomes a sort of yeah. compressed self. Yeah. But I think what you were saying about eros, like yeah. there's not so much a strong sense of self, but yeah. there is a sense of of that eros with the, yeah. the sort of texture and mm-hmm. the feeling. It's like I want to... Yeah. Like I, I want, it's like the, the sort of wanting to merge. Yeah, it, but yeah.
0: It's not, but there's not such a sense of self. Yeah. In okay, so there's a few things. There. First of all, um, the, you know, image doesn't have to be visual. So I'm, I'm saying this for everyone. It sounds like you get that, yeah. So it can be primarily kinesthetic, or or sometimes I can't say exactly which of the senses it is, but it's just a very particular sense. So that's really important. Um, Otherness, yeah, it's an interesting word. It's like, uh, well, well. Uh, before I say that, one thing I, w- I would say is um, the sense of self arises very, very differently and to different degrees of obviousness at any moment. So what could be happening in your experience is the familiar sense of self is not arising, but there's still a sense of... Um, uh, some sense of self, it could be a much more uh, subtle sense of self not, not in any problematic way, just much more diaphanous and light and less contracted, less solid, less personality in it You know. Um, so that's one thing you could pay attention to I, in a way I would say there's always a sense of self until the moment when everything disappears Okay, and that's not what you're talking about because you've still got texture etc so I would say one thing you could do within that is actually um, just gently feel out and notice. Well, what is the kind of sense of self around now? Um, and and part of the image. Whenever there's an image, the self is imaged with the image. So um, so that's something you could just kind of include in your in what you're checking out. Does Does that make sense? Yeah. And then otherness. Yeah, it's an interesting word because it doesn't necessarily mean separate from me, but I think I think what we want to mean by otherness is is um, has an autonomy. It's not something that I can regard as totally under my control or totally a part of me. Like, I can't just view it that way. I mean, if I do view it that way, something collapses and I lose what I would call the imaginal dimension. Um, something loses vitality and power and depth in the image. So there's there's some sense of it being Yeah, it has an autonomy, it has a power of its own, it has a voice of its own, it has a it's visiting me. And yet it's also part of me sometimes I become it and I change places with it, all this, but yet still it's kind of it has a kind of beyondness to it. Does that make sense?
1: The sense of the sense of autonomy of of the our image of the self, yeah. the way that that shifts, and just, you know, sometimes I seem to have um, autonomy, and sometimes I don't.
0: Okay, this is the self now, or the or the image. Well, <coughs> sort
1: of, it yeah. shifts between so so parts of what seemed like the self, what yeah. seemed to have you know that I am in control of, that doesn't have yeah um, autonomy as other. Mm-hmm then those sort of shift around to so parts of what seems like self becomes other because
0: it seems to have its own autonomy as opposed to me, you myself, know, controlling it and having Yeah. Self. Is that sort of Um I'm not following 100%, but if I say something and see if it lands in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> um, I go back to views with this. So it, it's a funny thing. It's like, and, and in a way this is related to Yuka's first question, you know, it's like, I can just believe like like some um, cultures or certain civilization would just believe this thing has an absolute autonomy It has nothing to do with me. all the power is over there um, compare that with some more some versions of you know, modern psychotherapists it, it's all me I am just creating it 's just a part of me there's too kind of extreme it's an aspect of me or I 'm just imagining this you know there's two quite extreme for, for me it's like there's a there's a kind of balance here between really understanding that of course it's a dependent arising. Do you understand what I mean when I say that it, it depends on my mind and the way of looking i I cannot go outside of that understanding um because that's total that's dharma understanding that's what it I always understand what arises depends on my relationship with it in the moment depends on past stuff but but really in the moment, my way of looking my conception my uh re- energetic relationship, so it's fabricated in the moment with, with the mind. Yeah? And this thing about autonomy is almost something like I at the same time as I'm holding that understanding of dependent arising, I'm I'm entertaining the idea. I'm just being generous in, in my mind and 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 granting this thing some autonomy, believing it you know, en- entering into a, a lightly held view that it has autonomy. And other times it's more like I sense a certain level of autonomy. But all of those kind of ideas are held together. Does that make sense? Yeah. D- does that sound too much of a stretch? Or does it sound like... No. It's, it's uh, not... Uh, it's not what you were talking about. It's not quite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, try again. <laughs> it's
1: um, I think my I think my question is, is about sort of yeah when what what in in your conception what is self and what is yeah if I see myself as the part that I feel that I'm in control right of, right right yeah and others, yeah and and then with that yeah there's lots of sort of back and forth between the two of me so I think it's just trying, but I think yeah um.
0: The, the nature of self is that it has no inherent existence. The nature of image is that it has no inherent existence. What, Rather than shutting things down, what that opens up is that um, all of this will feel different at different times. It like, feel like, oh, this is part of me that I'm in control, that's got more autonomy, I'm merging, I'm that, now I'm here and that's there. It's like the very emptiness of it all allows this complete m- movement between different... Um, conceptual views but also experiences of the, of the relationship and of what's here and what's there and wh- who's where and all that Do, does that so that that's actually part of the whole deal is that there's a real fluidity and for me no real formula other than these things about divin- divinity and stuff which are more general things but the actual experience of what belongs where um, to me that's open and there's plenty of room for, for movement and it's all good to explore does that <laughs> you just mean for life <laughs> okay good but um, well we have a little time if there's, if there's more yeah Lawrence
2: yeah, So um, <coughs> I'm finding all the material um, beautiful and absorbing and opening and loving I'm also kind of haunted a little bit by, uh, by this question so Tanis uh, Rubikic in a talk um the difference between the Theravada tradition and the Mahayana, uh, sorry about this, I, I, get, like, I get Quaker-y when I talk here. Dom- <laughs> okay. um, so he, he describes the um, the difference between the Theravada and the Mahayana as kind of understanding the magic show uh-huh. um, and the Theravada then kind of putting a stop to it. Yeah and Mahayana becoming a magician yeah. and this kind of feels a little bit like we're trying to become magicians yeah. and so so my question is kind of is Tanisha Bhikkhu buying into the metaphysics presented at the time of <laughs> the Buddha that rebirth and don't stop the rebirth in the same way no, I'll yeah, I just kind of I have this sense, like, you know, is this several lifetimes down down the way leading to a shadow sh- of
3: <laughs> <laughs> Um... <laughs>
0: I wonder. You know, in a way, underneath the question is some some fear or anxiety, right? About you know what 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 will be the outcome of, of this, right? And and how how would you know? You know, how would him you know? so Rubiku would say? Well, he's, he's um, I can't speak for him, obviously, but but. I think he would just say that he's, he's very much in the Theravadan tradition. He's a staunch te- Theravadan, you know. Um, uh, but underneath your question, or that, I, I just want, it's a question that's about, like, what will happen? Is it, you know? I
2: suppose there is, like, a personal element to it. Yeah. You know, there's all this soulfulness. And yeah. You know, I kind of look at, you know, when my, you know, if I look at the last six
0: months
2: of my life, and yeah. the soulfulness is not being present. Yeah. But having a handle
0: on my life. Y- y- yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. So. And so, doing this retreat, I can kind of see the sense that kind of like, oh, this this mm-hmm. creativity mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. and that could be an incredible adventure.
0: Yeah.
2: And. And deeply meaningful. And it's kind of like, yeah, where where do we go with this? Is it kind of you know you know like the, you know all of these. These divine images yeah. that want to come through, us. Yeah. and then we talk of them having unreasonable and impossible demands, and and it's kind of like you know look at where that can you know if you look at kind of very conventional life in relation to mm. you know kind of being swept away with you know, some of the characters that like he described. You could yeah be great, great material for writing a book, and I keep thinking, oh yeah, and then I think, oh, and then look at my brother with a wife and a kid and a happy, you know, happy conventional life. But
0: that could be very soulful for him.
2: Sure, sure. Yeah,
0: Um, yeah. I I think one of the key words they were swept away. You know, so. there's a lot I could say I'm just aware of time but maybe just say just say some briefly things and maybe we can check in at some point but um, one thing is that swept away so I actually step back I I feel very strongly and I think this is an important um, maturity to, for everyone to realize that whatever path we choose Theravada, Mahayana this tradition, that tradition whatever um, secular mindfulness, whatever um, it's gonna have it's gonna have a danger there is no path there is no practice without a particular danger um if I think there is i'm just not i'm, I'm missing something okay now some of us think people think secular mindfulness that's really safe mm, it it may not drive you crazy but it'll do something else. Um, or rather it, a, a danger in it is, is something else, a potential danger. Every, every path has a potential danger. What, what's part of maturity in practice is knowing what is the potential danger with this with this path that I'm in. So one of the things with purely secular mindfulness, one of the problems, is that it's not very soulful. It, it, one of the things with um, Theravada and Buddhism, again, is it's cutting off the world. It's, its aim is actually not to be reborn. The world is... Not sacred. It's a place to escape from and never to come back to. Um, the danger with this, as you say, is one, one can could could get swept away, uh, or or could over rarefy uh, these kind of things. You know. So every every path has its has its particular danger of rarefication of what it rarefies, and then its particular effect on the soul, if you like. Um, so that's just something to really be aware of, you know, and, and if I've chosen a certain path, if a certain path attracts me, then I really need to know what are the p- potential pitfalls of that path. So you've put your finger on one getting swept away, and, and you, you know you know that. So, so this is why I say, sensitive to the energy body, mindful, what's the resonances and all that? Mm-hmm. But also, seeing image as image, like we talked the other day, that's one of the things that prevents getting swept away, as well as a whole bunch of other stuff, like cultivation of good qualities, awareness of one's emotions, knowing when to back off all, all this stuff. so um when that's all in place then then there's the path becomes less dangerous, you know because I'm aware and and part of my path is 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 a sensitivity to all that, yeah. Does this make sense? So that's part of the path. Whatever path I do, it's a maturity to know that and to and to be on the lookout for it and asking, etc. And I, I can't remember if I said this to you, but this kind of thing, not quite, has come up with several people, it's like, the fact that you're asking the question reassures me. Yeah, It's showing that your mind is, is alive to the potential pitfalls, interested, curious, alert, sensitive, th- healthy doubting, all of that. Yeah, If you weren't, and you were just like, gung-ho, yeah, da, 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 and I believe this, and this is the reality now, and everyone should be, you know, it's like... <laughs> uh, then I'd be like, well, uh, okay. Um, so the, the question shows something already, yeah? Okay? So there's all that. I'm, I'm moving quite quickly here, because we have to end. I'll say one last thing, um, which I actually um, did in a talk for this retreat, but it's not, it's not part of this retreat. It's beyond. Um, you have to decide, or your soul decides or feels what it really wants. So Dharma is, 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 classical Dharma is premised on the Four Noble Truths which originally contextualize as an escape from the world, not being reborn again, but, but we could say more loosely are about freedom and suffering less. There are some souls that that is not the most important thing in their life. That is not the most important thing. So b- because we're surrounded by a dharma, like, day and night, it's about freedom from suffering, release, peace, equanimity, da-da-da. Sometimes what happens is a person takes on that and, and, and almost like just is indoctrinated a little bit to that's what I really want. And I would say, ask what you really want. Find out. If that is, go for it. And what does that mean to you? Because freedom has a whole range of meanings and depths and extents and breadths. What kind of freedom? What level of freedom are you talking about? What range of freedom are you talking about? What areas of freedom? But it also might be that you really look inside and it's not it's not freedom that's freedom's important, but it's not the thing that's most important. But for some people, a sense of sacredness is more important. For some people this artistic art, art is more important. For some people it's it's the, the sense of beauty, the infinite ranges of beauty. And, and in the depths of their soul, that's actually what they care about more. Is that Dharma still or not? <laughs> There's a whole then soul relationship with that question. How am I conceiving how I stand in relation to what the Dharma is? Am I, am I a soul that um, uh, just steps right out of that? Dares to step out of it, or, or not, or do I paint, paint, create a dharma that actually incorporates? There's whole levels and dimensions to this whole thing, but I think more important is, what do you really want? You know, and 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 beauty, sacredness doesn't mean swept away, being completely crazy. You know, so it's not like black or white, one or the other. But but there's something here really important about really being. Authentic and like just clearing away a lot of like what we've just been told um, and here over and over every book you read every Dharma talk it's like great wonderful and and you know how much there is to discover about freedom and the depths of freedom and the range of freedom and either at some point or always from the beginning something else was actually more important or, or becomes more important so that's quite a radical question, but b- 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 basically, you know, am I going to live my life in contact with what I most want or not in contact? Authentic or inauthentic? In touch? From that root? Or, or not? You know? So there's there's a lot in... I mean, we could talk much more, but there's a lot in what you're... does it? Yeah? <laughs> Bingo. <What's that>? Bingo. <laughs> okay, very good. Um... Let's have uh, just a minute of silence again.
3: Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit org slash donate.